to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Hallelujah. God is good, isn't he? I said God is good, isn't he? He's worthy of all the praise. It really is a privilege and an honor to be here. And I just thank God for your pastor and uh, Pastor Al and Sister Chrissy and just the whole leadership team, Matt, who I've known for many, many years, and just grateful to God to be here. Just love this church. Whenever I'm here, I feel at home and always excited to hang out with you guys. Uh, I've got a scripture. I think we'll dive right into the scripture. It's found in Matthew chapter 15, Matthew chapter 15, beginning at verse 21. It's on the screen, or feel free to read it out of your Bible, reading out of the NIV. It says, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from Demon possession, Jesus did not answer a word. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him, Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted, and her daughter was healed from that very hour. I want to talk to you from this theme I want you to repeat it after me. I'm too desperate to be denied. Come on, let's say it again. I'm too desperate to be denied. I want to share a song with you. Is that okay? Uh, anybody remember Carmen? Yeah, that's my dude. Carmen was, you know, it's a good brother and just and is a good brother. He's he's still a good brother. He's back on tour and doing some things and uh, grateful to God for him. So uh, I want to do an, an old Carmen song and I pray it'll be a blessing to you as it's been, been to me. <clears throat> Violently, they grabbed his arms as they tightly strapped each wrist. With the hellish looks of a strong-armed soldier, whip clenched in their fists, laced with chips of bone, they beat him hard from his shoulders to his feet. Sliced right through his olive skin, just like razors through a sheet. Countless times, the blood splattered as each inhuman lash was given. Several times his knees gave way as his flesh just hung like ribbons. Then surprisingly, he turned his head 
though the words he used were few. The soldier's face turned pale when Jesus said, this blood is for you. Uncaringly, they tossed the garment across his weakened form. His blood pressure fell deathly low as the crowd began to swarm. They forced him to carry his cross up the hill while his face they punched and smacked, while the splinters from the crisscross beam dug deep into his back. Through lack of sleep and dehydration, his tongue began to swell, and weakened by his loss of blood, this prophet teacher failed. And when he did, some blood splattered on a man named Simon's shoe. And as Simon went to wipe it off, Jesus said, this blood is for you. This blood can save the soul, heal the sick, mend the heart. This blood can give you access to the very throne of God. And it still can go the distance through the pain to where you are. This blood is for you. The blood of the Lamb. Then they pounded a spike through the bones in his wrists, bursting arteries and veins. And as they dropped the cross in the hole that they dug, his body convulsed with pain, with an agony and a torment that never a soul shall find. He tilts his face toward heaven with full control of his mind, with more love than any human has ever heard. Before that time or since, he made a statement that to this day makes the strongest skeptic wince when he cried, Father God, forgive them, for they know not what they do. As he gave his life for those lost in sin, he was saying, this blood is for you, and for you, and for you. This blood can save the soul, heal the sick, mend the heart. This blood can give you access to the very throne of God, and it still can go the distance through the pain to where you are. This blood is for you. Maybe you feel lost, alone, confused. Maybe you feel like even your soul has been abused. But I want to share with you about this atoning, cleansing blood. blood can save the soul, heal the sick, mend the heart. This blood can give you access to the very throne of God. It still can go the distance through the pain to where you are. This blood is for you. The blood of
Come on, let's give God praise. Hallelujah for the blood. Hallelujah. Yeah, this blood is for you. It's good news, isn't it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, our story, it takes place, Matthew 15. Jesus is on the coast of Tyre and Sidon. It's a place that is well-to-do. It's a place that's thriving. It's successful. It's meaningful in the eyes of men. And yet at the same time, it's a place that God has judged and will continue to judge because they are spiritual people, religious people, but they're people that are religious in the wrong way. Going the direction of heathenism. They had temples, but they had temple prostitutes too. Some people even said they sacrificed some of their young to fire. This coast was a place that was filled with pride and filled with this haughtiness that said, I will not listen to Almighty God, and I won't even listen to Caesar. We're on an island. Caesar can't touch us. He's conquered the rest of the world, but us? Oh, no. Caesar, so determined to conquer them, he literally built a bridge out to where they were. And isn't it amazing how you can be up so high and God can sort of tap you on the shoulder and bring you down so low? This was a place that was off limits to the Jews because they thought very lowly of these Gentiles, these people that were not following Jehovah. For some reason, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ decided, I'm going to go to the coast of Tyre and Sidon. He had just left a place that was worse than Tyre and Sidon, dealing with people that were worse than the inhabitants of Tyre and Sidon. He was dealing with church folks. Religious leaders who decided that it was not right for his disciples to eat food without washing their hands. Of course, washing the hands meant, you know, I'm washing these extremities and then I'm getting my arms and then I'm going through all kind of ritualistic uh, rigmarole. And Jesus said, look, this is ridiculous. You're so focused on what's on the outside, you're not focused on what's in the heart. What comes out of the heart are the lies, the cheating, the adultery, the murders. All these things stem from the heart. That's what you're not focused on. You come up with traditions that nullify. It's interesting to me that sometimes people will do a lot of religious stuff to exalt themselves and to put other people down. God help us. Jesus is walking along this coast, and as he's walking along the coast, a woman seems to come out of nowhere, and she cries out with a long, loud, strong voice, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is terribly vexed with a devil. My daughter's demon-possessed. Help me. The Bible says Jesus answered her 
Not a word. I know as she's standing there, she's probably thinking, I've just asked you to help me to overcome your arch enemy, the one that has vexed mankind since Adam, the one that tried to take over in heaven. He's got my daughter, and he won't let her go. And here's the reality. Because she's in trouble, as a loving mom, I'm in trouble. If she's hurting, then I'm hurting. Jesus, help me. You're the answer to my problem. You are the solution to the equation that I'm involved in right now. Jesus, come to my rescue. And all she got from Jesus was silence. Have you ever been there before? Where you prayed, you've cried, you fasted, you sought God. It was silent. Everything in you was like, okay, I'm reading the scripture, I'm fellowshipping, I'm at the most important meeting of the week on Tuesday night. I love this church. I do. <laughs> I love this church. Thank God for Pastor Al. I'm at this, this, this wonderful meeting. The people are praising God. They're hopping. They're skipping. They're leaping. They're praising God. Hands lifted. And I sense nothing from heaven. Have you ever been there? It's an it's amazing thing about silence. Even though we've said silence is golden, sometimes silence is scary. Come on, somebody. You call, that person doesn't pick up the phone. You text, they don't reply. <laughs> You're wondering, are they someplace listening to B.B. King humming along, the thrill is gone. <laughs> Silence don't always feel good. Especially when I can jump on iTunes, Spotify, I can get YouTube, I can have music or noise around me all the time. And sometimes we use sound and noise as a muffler because we don't want to deal with what's really going on on the inside of our lives. It's funny, if you're not careful, you will misread the silence of heaven and take it as apathy. God doesn't care. God doesn't see. God doesn't know. This woman needs to make it through at least three things in order to get the deliverance for her daughter. In her desperation, the first thing she has to make it through is the silence. Think about it for a second. For many of us, silence really equals waiting. And most of us don't like to wait. Come on, somebody. I mean, Pastor Al, if I go to a restaurant and they tell me they got an hour and a half wait for me to get in, oh, no. Is the food free? <laughs> if it's not free, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ease on down the road. I remember when, when computers, personal computers first came out and uh, we had dial-up. Anybody remember dial-up? Lord, have mercy. It should have been called wait a while and dial up. <laughs> and you're waiting and you're waiting. Oh, Lord. 
Now we got Xfinity, Comcastic, High Speed. Uh, we can have pie in a minute, instant rice. I mean, everything is, is just like this. Can I tell you, heaven is not like that. At least not always like that. Every now and then, God will let you sit in silence so that he can work on you, work in you, and maybe, just maybe, he wants to reboot you. So he can stabilize you. He can order your steps. And if you're not careful, you will do like some people do. They will go to the doctor's office to get remedy, to get help, and they sit in the waiting room so long, they say, oh, forget it. I'm out of here before they get the help that they need. Uh, the church I grew up in, I grew up in a Baptist church and Church of God in Christ, and, and the old folks would sing a song, you can't hurry God. Yes. Oh, no, you just got to wait. You got to trust him and give him time no matter how long it takes. He's a God that you can't hurry. He'll be there, don't you worry. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. Hallelujah. Sometimes you have to make it through the silence. That's when your faith has to kick in the gear. And you have to tell yourself, he's a good, good father. Even when I don't feel it. Even when I don't sense it. Even when it seems like the heavens are brass, he's still good. She makes it through the silence. But then she has to move on to the next test, as it were. She's got to deal with the saints. Oh. <laughs> he answers her not a word, and the disciples say, well, since it's quiet, let us say something. <laughs> you know, some people can't sit in silence. Some people can't be quiet. They, they, we got to say something, do something. Lord, have mercy. Just, they say, send her away. But she keeps crying out after us. Really? Did you just hear what the woman said? My daughter is demon-possessed. Help me. The response of those church folks was get rid of her. Really? Well, you, think about it for a second. Sending people away didn't just start in Matthew chapter 15. When you, when you really, really stop and think of it, Joseph's brothers, they sold him away, didn't they? Moses was run out of Egypt land. He was sent away as a fugitive. You think of the disciples when uh, they are about to uh, uh, stand in front of the 5,000. Their words to Jesus is, send them away, it's too many of them. And we know some of these people, and when they get hungry, they get hangry. That's hungry and angry at the same time. <laughs> Jesus, we're not in church. We're in the hood. You don't want to deal with these people. <laughs> Send them away. Jesus, these little kids being around you, they're not going to profit us like the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. Send them away. But shouldn't the church be the place where the broken come to be healed? Shouldn't the church be the place where folks come to be delivered? 
to lay their all on the altar? Isn't the church the place where folks find Jesus? My fear is that for some of us, we have the mindset of us two, not you. Us three, not ye. Us four, no more. This is our country club. We call it a church, but this is how we do it. And if you don't walk like us, talk like us, look like us, have our innate sensitivity and sophistication, you can't be one of us. This is how we do it over here. We're special. We're elite. And you commoners can't be a part of us. I think it was Vance Havner that said, God has called us to be fishers of men and not keepers of the aquarium. God help us. The woman had to persevere through folks who did not get her, did not understand her, did not appreciate her, and still stand there in front of God waiting for a miracle. I want to say to somebody that's in the sanctuary today, you don't look like other folks, you don't talk like other folks, you're going through stuff that you think nobody else is going through, even though there are many people going through what you're going through, if only you knew what they were going through, how it parallel with what you're going through, but right now you feel alone. Can't I tell you, you are not alone. You're not alone. And God's call and God's hand on your life is real. Don't leave before you see the doctor, no matter how mean the receptionist is. <laughs> Made it through the silence. Had to make it through the saints. Lastly, she needs to make it through the stigma. Stigma. Y'all know stigma, don't you? Stigma is uh, how people might see you in a negative, repulsive kind of way. A kind of way that causes you to feel ashamed. Sometimes people will see you and they say, because of your skin color, you're nobody and you'll achieve nothing because of the neighborhood that you're from, because of the income that you have, the kind of job that you do, the weight that you have on your body or the lack of weight on your body. Uh, you're sick. Uh, maybe you brought the sickness on yourself, whatever the sickness might be. You're, you're mentally challenged. You're depressed. Oh, just shake it off. Man up. What's wrong with you? Girl, just be strong. You don't need to be depressed. What's wrong with you? You should be ashamed. Y'all know stigma, don't you? Stigma is that thing that causes you in the classroom not to raise your hand. Stigma is the thing that causes you to stay home instead of going to the fellowship. Stigma is the thing that causes you to be aloof and off to yourself because there is this innate fear that goes with stigma that says, I won't be accepted, I, I, I won't be part of what's good, I'm rejected, I'm, I'm dysfunctional, and therefore I've been alienated from any blessing or breakthrough. Got to deal with the silence. Got to deal with the saints. But now Jesus utters the words, it's not right to take the children's bread 
give it to the dogs. First, let me say this. When Jesus said that, I'm pretty sure he wasn't speaking to somebody from Chicago, from the hood, somebody that was black or Latino or Hispanic. I'm sure that he was, or white for that matter, American, because many of us would have been like, who you calling a dog? I know you're not calling me no dog. Who you think you is? I know you Jesus and everything. You done open blinded eyes, open deaf ears, made the lame walk, dumb talk. I, you know what, Jesus? Oh, that's all right. Forget it. I got my pride. I'm out of here. Forget that. I'm dealing with your crazy disciples. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. It's interesting when he gets to this, he is not using the word dog as in street mangy dog, but it's the word, the Greek word that deals with a house pet, some translated as in puppy, uh, uh, a beloved creature that's right there in the home. This is a challenge for many of us. I still don't want to be called a dog, whether it's a mangy dog or a house pet. I done already humbled myself, and, and you're supposed to be a healer. You're supposed to be a deliverer. You're supposed to be a way maker. You're supposed to be a mountain mover. You're supposed to be a soul reviver. I, I heard about how you fed 5,000. I, I, I heard how you, you've, you've done all these great and mighty teachings. And now here I come to you, and I get the same attitude that I get from the average Jew in this region. You're calling me a dog. Hold up for a second. I'm different from some of you all. I've done some dirt. I've committed some sins. By nature, I'm naughty. Naughty by nature. <laughs> I'm is. I really, I really. But just so I, I can feel like I'm part of the crew, do I have any other people in here that have committed sins before? Am I by myself? I feel God's presence right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Am, am I the only one in here where God has said, okay, I've cleaned you up, I've turned you around, and I went back and jumped in the mud again? I, I've done wrong even after he forget. Am I the only one? Is there anybody else? There's a few of us in here. Do you know what it's like to get a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance? How about just another chance? Well, come on, let's give God praise. Hallelujah. And when I really begin to think of what I've done, where I've been, uh, how many times he's shown me love when I didn't even want to love myself. Come on, somebody. It, it might be a struggle for somebody else in here to, to, to realize that you are a sinner, alienated, cast off, uh, a person that is a stranger, uh, a person that is uh, an enemy of God until the grace of God grabs you. 
and you realize that he brings you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You, you realize that if it wasn't for the grace of Almighty God, you would still be toe up from the flow up. You, you realize that if it wasn't for the goodness of God, your badness would never be put in check and you would walk in your old ways of destruction and annihilation instead of the newness of life. The reality is I had some doggy dog kind of ways, but, but God in his grace and mercy really has picked me up and has turned me around. And, and I don't mind saying like that woman, yes, Lord, you right. I've got issues, but I still need help. I still need healing. I still need breakthrough. I'm not asking you to give me what I deserve. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Me, me. Uh, not, not, not somebody else. I'm not judging them. I'm not getting in their business. I can just talk about me. She responds, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Lord, have mercy. Isn't that good news right there? Now, how many of y'all have dogs? Anybody? Wow, praise God. I used to be a mailman. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not the fondest of dogs, but y'all go ahead. Amen. So I was over at my friend's house. His name is Bruce Everhart, good brother. He actually hired me at Moody Radio. And so he has this, this lap dog, this little tiny creature. And so, and so we're eating some food. And as we're eating the food, uh, I notice, because I am like this, I notice dogs wherever I go. I'm, I'm very, very conscious of them. I, mean, I, I can tell you some stories. Amen. But I shout. Amen. Anyway, so I'm conscious of the little dog. He's like, So finally, we're sitting down to eat. He's not barking anymore, but I feel something rubbing against my leg. And so I'm thinking, well, why don't you go rub against somebody else's leg? What's going on? And so I'm, I'm eating whatever the, the chicken is and whatever, you know, food that, that Bruce has over his house. And, and the dog is still, you know, rubbing against my leg. And, and finally, I look down, and so the dog is looking up like... The dog is looking up like, I know you want to feed me. I know you, <laughs> I know you want to feed me. Come on, give me some food, brother. Come on. Come on, cuz, give me some food, man. Come on, soul brother. I know you got some food for me. Come on. Come on. And so finally, I'm like, my goodness, you're alive. I want to tell Bruce, you need to get your dog. But I just knew it was in vain. And before I knew it, I, I, I slipped him some crumbs. Are you hearing me, somebody? The woman says, look, you don't have to give me wonder bread. You don't have to give me the whole loaf. But I just believe if you give me a crumb, that'll make me whole. That'll make my daughter whole. That will bring deliverance. That will bring breakthrough. I don't need all of heaven to come down. Just give me a crumb. Come on, I need somebody to say that. Give me a crumb. I need a blessing. I need a breakthrough. I need deliverance. And God, any 
how you bless me. I'll be satisfied because I know you're able. I said, I know you're able. I know you're able. Come on, clap your hands and give them a praise right now. Come on, give them a praise. Uh, here's the reality, my brothers and my sisters. Uh, the word bread is used about 360 times in the Scripture. About 360 times. And, and I love that Jesus uses the word over and over again. He's the one that said, uh, when you pray, he said you ought to pray like this. Give us this day our daily bread. That's what he said. If you have a son that's asking you for bread, you're not going to give him a stone. A man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Here's the reality. One day, they're, they're pushing on Jesus. Uh, give us bread and, and feed us forevermore. And he says, I am the bread of life. It's as if he's saying, as if she's saying, Jesus, just give me you. You give me you, I can have healing. If you give me you, I can be set free. I want to pray. I'm going to ask the pastor to come. We're going to pray in just a moment. But I just believe there's some folks in here that need some crumbs today. And, and, and I just believe that God, that God is able. I believe that God is able. And he sent you to this service today to remind you that he really is with you. He really has a plan for your life. Pastor, will you come, please? Well, let's praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, um, it feels like the Lord is saying the same things over and over and over to us, that if we come to him, that he's enough and that he has all of the answers and that when we reach to him in faith, how many know nothing is impossible Amen. for God? There's no demonic power. There's no demonic force. There's no history. There's no trauma. There's no habit. There's no bondage. Nothing can stop the power of God. And the Lord has brought our brother here to invite us to come to his table. And to say, God, I believe, oh God. And if you're here today and you need a miracle, if you're here and you need a touch from God, we prayed last week and we the Lord has been visiting our prayer meetings. He's visiting our services. You know why? Because God responds when people reach to him. God responds. He draws near. He, he literally does make his throne wherever people are reaching and worshiping and saying, I believe, oh God. And so if you're here today and you happen to come into the building and you need a miracle, you need a touch, there are so many different uh, um, so many different needs that come in on any given day. 
Some people are battling with a habit. Some people are battling with a wayward child or a wayward spouse or uh, all sorts of, we, we, there's all sorts, some people are battling with finances. Some people are battling with depression. Whatever it is, blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, the thing about all of the stories of the Bible, and isn't it funny how disciples can act so crazy? But in all of the stories of the Bible, all of the stuff that the disciples didn't know, Jesus did know. Jesus knew exactly who that woman was. He knew exactly who, who her daughter was. And how many know Jesus knows exactly what we're going through? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's all stand. Father, we thank you, God, for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that even your silence is beautiful, O oh God. We thank you that you do all things well, O oh God. And we thank you for your heavenly touch on your people, O oh God. Father, we go from this place with the joy of the Lord as our strength, O oh God. And I just pray for your continued favor and blessing upon all of your people. God, let our fellowship with you continue, O oh God. We love you and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, come on, let's give God one more hand of praise.